You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. depends if it's that one game at home and one's on the road if that's the case uh that's how it goes you just uh they're a different team at pba and then when they go away from home for some reason they like forget how to rebound completely can't dribble a basketball can't not turn it over uh a lot of a lot of problems in in maryland let's let's start with the maryland game because that's the one that's most recent that's the one that's fresh on everyone's brain they uh they stunk there's really no other way to phrase it. Yeah. They they did not play well in any phase of that game. Uh, started out hot. I think they're up 15 to two. That adds to their they're now up to three road losses this year with a double digit lead. This one a little bit of a misnomer. Uh, it came in the first five minutes of the game versus you know the other two where they had double digit leads in the second half and still managed to lose to Minnesota and Rutgers. But they're up 15 to two against Maryland, and then they just can't stop turning the ball over. And it was. It was before Maryland even started running a, a press that didn't even look that particularly difficult to beat. And yet Nebraska's panic meter was just like broken because it was so far into the red. What what did you see watching that game on TV? And and what did you uh what did you make of Hoiberg's comments coming out of it? Because he seems like he's sort of uh as exasperated as everybody else who's trying to figure out why this is going so poorly. Yeah, he seems like he's frustrated. Um just in their response mechanism, whenever it starts to get a little bit on, on the shoulder, you know, when you're, you're off the road a little bit, it just completely goes off. And, um, I did think like the first eight to 10 minutes watching it, I was like, okay, they have, they're playing with 
poise against the press early on. It seemed like they had a good plan and they were operating okay. And then there was this middle batch of the first half where you're right. It was just like, here you go, here you go, giving it away, giving it away. It was like simple stuff. And Hoiberg had talked about it the day before the game. Like Maryland is the best, as he calls it, pick six team in the league. Um, just turning those uh, giveaways into points. And um, I don't know what it is, but this this team in those moments just becomes a little rattled. Um, they do stuff that's nothing like they do at home um, in how they care for the basketball. And, I mean, this they're coming off a game against Ohio State where I think they only turned it over six times, too. So there had been an encouraging movement on the turnover front. And, um, you know, they, they try different guys out with the ball. It was, it's not just one guy, it's three or four guys, um, you know, carrying that weight, I guess, of sort of being the point guard, setting up the offense at times. And we've talked about it before Schaefer, but that's where you sometimes wish you had that one stable presence at that position where, um, I mean, Wisconsin's going to walk in with a guy like that with Chucky Hepburn, where you're just like, that's his spot. He's meant to handle this role. You expect he will. And when Nebraska's in those um, moments of anxiety, you don't know who that guy necessarily is for the Huskers sometimes. And um, that makes it difficult to operate when you can't even get in your offense. Yeah, and then it, it, it felt like they just stopped caring. And I know that's not really true, but like the amount of passes that just went directly out of bounds, you had guys who had the ball just go directly through their hands like they weren't catching it cleanly. Uh, I think two different times someone dribbled it off their foot. Like, it, like there's they're struggling with pressure, and then there's just unforced poor errors yeah. of of seemingly indifference, and it doesn't it doesn't make sense because this team has so much that it has to play for, and it's all right in front of them, and they control all of their own sort of destiny, if you will. Um, and I I just don't I can't fully comprehend, you know, and it's. It's, it's a lot of things, right? Like it's not being able to handle uh, any kind of pressure from defense or having a, a reliable ball handler in those situations. It's the complete and utter inability of people to just put a body on a body on the offensive glass or well, when for them, it's the defensive glass. Like I, I don't know about you, but I've seen enough of Nebraska basketball over the last decade where three guys just stand there and try to volleyball tip it to each other instead of anyone putting a body on someone else. And I, I like there, there's no way they're coached that way. Uh, it, it's just very, very confusing. And then on top of all of it, you have, and this is no stranger for anyone that's watched Nebraska basketball, those uh, now eight to 10 minute stretches where they can barely score, you know, barely even able to put up four points. They had 15 points in the first five minutes of that game and they finished with 27 for the rest of the half like that's that's mm. unbelievably poor I, I what did they finish with like 54 for the game or something um 51 but they only had 17 made field goals and they had 18 turnovers I, like it's just you know it's it's inexplicable that when it goes poorly it's just like it's it's you know to, to borrow a line from uh one of the greatest sports movies ever made involving gene hackman the replacements Okay. It's like it's quicksand, you know, that's, that's how Shane Falco described that. <laughs> you did not expect oh. that line coming and you did not expect that movie either, but well, uh, Falco Falco had his demons though. He was trying to get over. Was it the sugar bowl performance? Yeah. It was quicksand for him. Yeah. It just him, And then he could never pull out of it. 
And uh, that's how it feels like it is for Nebraska basketball. It's like just one or two things happen, and all of a sudden everything else just looks terrible. And they look like a team that has no business having as many wins as they do. And yet you also know they're capable of, on any given night, of being able to play with the best teams in college basketball. It's very hard to, to square all of this up. Yeah, well, actually the offensive end is um, probably most frustrating to me because this is a team that statistically was like averaging more than 78 points per game coming into Saturday, and they're tracking like for higher numbers than they've had in for a long time like offensively but you're right we're now back to that thing that used to be a common occurrence where it's oh there's the drought and I thought this team um, until about four games ago was pretty good Schaefer about avoiding that Um, like way better than Husker teams in the past but now in three of the last four games they have suffered from it where it's been like that eight minute skit or whatever it is and uh, it's it's all over after that point. And obviously we'll get into it with Wisconsin. But if you have even like a five or six minute stretch like that on Thursday, good luck, you know. So um, that's the disappointing part to me as much as anything, because this is a good offensive system when it's run well. We've seen it, um, but there was just nothing fluid about it in that game on Saturday. It was just so choppy and. Um, you know, even in the second half, yeah, it was probably over at halftime, but Nebraska never even made that run. Like where you get it down to like nine or 10 and you're like, okay, who knows? And you get a stop here. It never even got to that point. It was like always at like 15 and beyond. And so it was just like the most boring, like, uh, inevitable second half we've seen all season. You know, this is, this is over. Yeah. And that's coming off of a performance where Rink Mast and C.J. Wilcher essentially shot Ohio State out of the city of Lincoln uh, earlier in the week. And again, Nebraska started a little bit slow in that game, but you, I, I can't speak for you. I never thought there was a real concern um, that they weren't going to win that game. And I, I mean, I didn't expect Rink Mast to do what he did, but I just... I didn't think Ohio state was good enough to beat them on, on Nebraska's home court. And I thought Nebraska would eventually start playing well. And they did. And they ran them out of the gym as effectively. Um, and again, it's just, it's hard to know what to, to take from some of this because they, they have coming up here a week where you've got, uh, what is it? Wisconsin on Thursday at home. And then I believe you have to turn around and go to, uh, to Champaign pretty quickly on Super Bowl Sunday. Is that right? Is that how it lays out this week? Well, bye week Sunday. Um, bye week Sunday. Bye yeah. Super Bowl Sunday. But yeah, that's it. I Pro mean, Bowl Sunday. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Pro Bowl Sunday. Flag Where's football. Ham really shows his worth. That's, how, many, uh, how many Vikings are, and we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> no, uh, they they, play, they do play Illinois. At, we know the Sunday. Lions are eligible, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, hey, they felt the pain we felt. Yeah, join the club. That's how I feel, you know. But anyway, um, <clears throat> that's tough. The schedule, yeah. And then nor at Northwestern after that, who's going to want payback and is by the way like fourth in the league right now. Um, so this is a stretch in the schedule I was always worried about this four game stretch, and it's Maryland to me actually seemed like almost the most gettable of them all before it began. Absolutely. And uh, that one's gone, and. I remember this got posted on our message board and um, um, 
you know, one of our posters or astute posters said if they're six and seven um, after this stretch, they'll have done okay. They'll have done all right is basically what they're saying. And I agree. Um, and that sounds really defeatist. But Schaefer, if they win one of these next three, it'd be really help if it were one of the next two, honestly. Like, And you had that quad one win to go also as a pelt on the wall. But if they're six and seven, there's going to be a lot of like, uh, they're the same old, same old, you know, but they're in position those last seven games with yep. the way the schedule starts to make a run. I was, I was really worried and remain so about it falling off a cliff and then being like five and eight and on this like four game skid or whatever. And it's not like you can't get it back maybe, but I do feel like they need to do something really special and big again and, and win one of these next couple somehow some way wisconsin's the best opportunity to me because it's at pba and nebraska's a different team at pba and i think wisconsin is maybe a final four elite eight team right now i actually think that they're 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 getting good play from every position on the floor it's not just wall um or chucky or you know it's klezmet's good um i mean last time nebraska played him connor Asijan pops in and he plays like seven minutes a game for him right now and he had 12 points they're just like a seven or eight deep with guys who can shoot it and uh very worrisome team right now so nebraska's gotta have um they've gotta have that same stuff they had in the first two to three minutes against purdue mike when you sense like guys were on the floor and you're like i don't know how this is gonna go but I know they're sure as heck going to fight all game and the crowd knew it and they could tell early on that was the way it was going to be. They got behind them. They fed off each other. And that has to happen in that first four to five minutes of this game where you tell the crowd, come along for the ride. We're going to play hard. We're going to give you the kind of game you're hoping for and we'll see how it turns out. But we're going to play that way. Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting that this is the the sort of pivotal game of the stretch because you can make an argument that of all of the sort of good Big Ten basketball teams that Nebraska plays in year in, year out, Wisconsin is is always kind of the one where the game is always good at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Very rarely has Wisconsin come in here and just pulled away from Nebraska. Now, sometimes that's just the style and makeup of the team, and you could be like, okay, well, Mike, they're, they're a lot better this year. I mean, No Sit Sunday was against a team that I believe played for the national championship. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there there's not – as good as Wisconsin is, and there's there's no reason Nebraska can't play in that game. I thought they had an opportunity, Brian, uh, when they went on the road in Madison. I thought they were going to be able to hang in that game, and that was before I was completely convinced they were incapable of playing on the road. And part of it is I think Nebraska can play in different styles of games at times. Uh, they just can't play in different venues. Um, so if you know they're able to show up against Wisconsin – I think we're looking at another close game. I think we're looking at, you know, last year's was in overtime. These these teams have played in overtime several times. Uh, Pinnacle Bank games have been close, have been good um, throughout the, the course of this series. And I expect that again on Thursday. And I, I really think this is the sort of game where, you know, if you're any kind of competitor, and we know that they have them over there on that team, like, Kese Tominaga has really got to kind of show up here. Like this is where you could use 2022 February Kese Tominaga, you know, ripping the nets, putting up a a 27 point performance. And he's going to have to be able to get open enough to shoot and and to do that. Nebraska is going to have to play enough defense where they can turn it into some transition offense. CJ Wilcher has been really good as of late. Uh, If he can continue playing how he has, 
But the the X factor in all of this is going to be what version of Rink Mass do you get? Because he hasn't, you know, he had that big performance against Ohio State, and that's such an outlier compared to how he played against Maryland and Northwestern uh, Rutgers. He's really, really struggled. And you know as well as I do, Rick Mass set the tone for that Purdue game. It was in that first, you know, four-minute stretch, and he had that quote about how he knew he had annoyed Edie uh, in there, and he knew that he was in his head, and he knew that he was going to be able to play with him all game long. You need that version of Rink Mass. Not the guy who seems so tepid to touch a ball when it's a loose ball on the court because he doesn't know if it's off Nebraska or if it's off the other team. Uh, and he continually doesn't seem like he's that guy that he was earlier this month. I don't know what's happened, but psychologically, this team has been able to bounce back every time they've had sort of a, a crushing road loss. They've never needed it more than uh, coming in on Thursday. And I, I think they have an opportunity um, against a, a Wisconsin team here that, I mean, if you add this to the other pelts that you already have, I mean, it's it is a huge, huge win that affords you the ability to to potentially lose to, to both teams, Illinois and Northwestern, and still have a great resume with the back end of that schedule yeah. uh, where you can you can hopefully start stacking some wins. Nebraska's one win away Thursday from one of the most maybe the most fascinating resume you could throw up on a board, <laughs> you know, because it'd be like. I mean, they would have wins over two teams that like most people just can't beat. Like they really would. Like it would be it would be really impressive. And um, and yet there's this winless deal going on on the road and this narrative around it and everything. And if only if only they had just hung on to one of those stinking games against Rutgers, Rutgers or Minnesota, Minnesota, pick one. Just take one of them at this yeah. point, and you'd be like, we're not talking about a winless thing. That's not in the air. And um, the resume would be better. It would it would help out a lot, but uh, it's not there. And so, yeah, you have to say Saturday's gone. What happened happened. Um, this game isn't on the road, so everybody can talk about that as they want. We just got to focus on locking in. And five guys got to crash the boards too. I would add that. Like this has to be a game where we can look at the bigs and say, hey, you got to do your job rebounding. But the guards got to come in and collect some trash, too, like in this yeah. game. Like, they got to be ready to clean up, and everybody's got to get after it. Bryce Williams has to be big. He's got to be like um, Chucky Hepburn in the last game was in complete control and played how he wanted to play against Nebraska in the 88-72 game. Um, it was just at his tempo, however he wanted, however they wanted to operate on offense, they did. And um, they've got to disrupt him a bit. He's not an easy guy to get frazzled, but they've got to try. Bryce has been good as an on-ball 6-7 defender on some of those guys. Like, he did a great job with Sam Hoiberg on Boo Booey. Uh, they actually did a good job on Jameer uh, Young on Saturday. Like, they actually kind of held him down, but everybody else went off yeah. from Maryland. Um, so if they could uh, make Chucky uncomfortable, turn it over a couple times, that'd be important. But gotta have five guys committed to rebound like nobody's business in this game yeah it's got to be one of those games where at the end of it you need to feel like you just gave everything you had i mean I, there's no other way i think they can win this game and i don't you know they blew out in or they blew out indiana but they blew out purdue as well they blew out ohio they blew out all these teams at, at home and i don't think you're going to be able to do that against wisconsin if nebraska wins i think it's going to have to be a grinded out uh, I think they're going to have to, you know, withstand their own sort of mistakes and their own kind of scoring drought in the second half to be able to to hold on to get this kind of win. 
and it's uh it's a bit of a war of attrition you know it it it's going to take everything they have and it's almost okay to me if they they leave it all on the court and walk away with a win on on Thursday and you know if they have nothing left in the tank when they got to go to Champaign on Sunday I I would take that one for one literally every single time um because it's that important to get this win because it really feels like they, they have to hold serve at home and this is the last truly big challenge uh facing them and if they can do it the the momentum lift will be when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Will be enormous. Um, real quickly, just some news and notes. Uh, Blaze Kata, uh, Jawan Gary, you uh, you know you haven't talked to Hoiberg yet. That's coming later today. But just sort of where do you think these things are at uh, with a couple guys that Nebraska certainly could use right now? Um, by the time this is up, and that's not a slight on you, will there should be something within the hour on like what Hoiberg has to say on updates on guys because he's supposed to talk this this morning, um, a, you know, on a Wednesday morning, um, with with Jawan Gary. Um, I I'll just phrase it like this: I he's out until we hear otherwise. That's the way I look at it. Like, um, so you know, I'm not exactly holding my breath on that one um and that's that's too bad because he's i mean he's a he's the junkyard dog as and they're a team that needs that like sort of presence but um i'm not i'm not counting that he's going to be out there against wisconsin we'll see though what hoiberg says blaze Kata is a deal where um it just feels like it's still a little far away. Maybe, maybe he pops in and can give you a few minutes, like at the end of the middle to end of February. Um, but the last couple times we've met with Fred, it's been a pretty quick answer of he's still not there yet. And it just, it just doesn't seem like we did see him doing some drills a couple weeks ago. And I thought it's going to take some more time. It didn't look like he was, he was to that point. Um, he's an emergency guy right now. Like he's basically, if they're in a situation like they were at Rutgers where it's like there's 50 seconds left, someone's at the free throw line and you need a board and you could put them in there to try to get the board and he doesn't have to really run up and down. 
that's like his role, I think, until it's said otherwise on that one. That's too bad because it'd be nice if uh, he had got or were healthy about now and you could steal like seven to eight minutes from him. But I, I don't think that's on the charts the next, co- next couple of weeks at least. All right, uh, let's let's finish up with the the game of guess the random Husker Hooper, which I never get. Um, I'm gonna give you one that uh, I don't I love. Get. I don't love your chances for it. We'll put All it right. That way. Well, let's just. Uh, I mean, you will give me a couple clues, and if it yeah. feels like it's just not in the, you can see like the hamster wheel spinning, and you're like, there's nothing up there. Just you can blurt it out. This individual transferred in from Georgetown. Ellen Iverson, Dikembe no. Mutombo was part of the Husker program. <laughs> Neither Alonzo Mourning. Yes, there you George, go. Georgetown. Georgetown was unbelievably cool to me as a kid when I yeah. first started getting into college basketball. Was Their it the Iverson? Cool. Iverson was on the team. Like, like I, it was. They were the coolest college basketball team in the world when you were like eight years old. Are you talking about the uniforms they wore when I like? Do you think of those uniforms they had? Yeah, the, the all black ones. Uh, no, I think of the gray ones, and they had like kind of a cool design. Um, I can't just even describe it. Um, but uh, people know if you go look at Allen Iverson in their road Georgetown uniforms, those are the best basketball uniforms I've ever seen in my life. I, they really are. They're my favorites. Like, I'm not a basketball jersey guy. Couldn't pull it off. But if I were, I think it would be that. I, I'm struggling to think of a Georgetown guy. Go on with another clue. Okay. Um, played center for the 2014-2015 oh, Nebraska team. It's uh... – He broke his hand during the season and missed a month. Why don't you just tell me the name of the movie? <laughs> Um, I was, was thinking, I was thinking about this game the other day while I was driving and how bad I am at it. And you would think like, oh, if you did the football version of this, I might be better. I don't think so. I think like I've gotten to that point in my life where everything is kind of mush and like with like memories in my brain. And so it's like, unless that person like you're right in front of me. So I know that you're Mike Schaefer because I can see <laughs> right now. But if, if uh, like, Three days from now, I'm asked, like, who, who, you know, this or that. I'd be like, I can't remember. Anyway, go on. Was known for his <laughs> rebounding and uh, block shots. He did average. I know uh, who. I always say this, but I know who. Like, I know. I can't yeah. think of his name. I know. I, this who, is the hardest one that I have had so far. And I. But I can it, actually think of him. It is as random of a player as you can get. Mm-hmm. Like, we've done a lot of guys where people kind of have memories of them. My memories of this guy is he couldn't catch a post pass to save his life. He was a walking turnover every time they threw the ball into him. So they genuinely operated four on five on offense when he played. Yeah, I know. Six foot nine, 260 pounds from, uh, I believe, Africa. I I was pretty excited. Um, From Nigeria. This is a response to the guy you're talking about because Nebraska had a run of guys where it felt like they were just clumsy with the ball, like the mm-hmm. bigs. And that's why for a year I was really excited about Eduardo Andre because I thought like he seemed kind of fluid and like he could handle the ball. Um, 
So anyway, that's my bet. It's not him, but I'm this guy make made me excited about another guy for a year, whoever you're talking about. All right. Uh, do you want me to just give you the name? I, yeah. don't, I don't know that yeah. you're going to be able to. Now, what's his best moment, you think? Uh, in the Big Ten tournament, Nebraska was down 16, so he got a lot of time. And he had 10 rebounds and six offensive boards in just wow. 11 minutes, helping them close the gap, but ultimately losing to, I believe, Penn State that year. Okay. What's the name? Moses Abraham. <laughs> okay, yeah. I do. I remember you can picture him, him once yep. you hear the name. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those looks the part guys. And then you watch him play and you're like, yeah, I actually can. I actually could picture him um, without the name, but the, there it is. Um, that's yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. That uh, is as deep of a cut as we've had. I don't know why. I, you I just like, you just like wanted to humiliate me some more. Actually, that's less humiliating than it's like somebody who's like Mikey Moore, you know? Yeah, um, well, I don't know. I just, I was like, well, we're going to do the thing where they got to transfer from Georgetown and you're going to be like, Isaac Copeland. I'm like, no. And you yeah. didn't even say that. Yeah. Well, you said, uh, I said one year. So that, that really probably should have helped. So, yeah. Moses Abraham. That's an, that's a name from the past. Um, anyway, uh, it's a fun game. You, we've not done very, I haven't no, done very well. I was terrible last week. So, it uh well one of these times you're just gonna nail it like your first guess it's gonna be fantastic when the mm -hmm. moment happens we'll have to have sounders or some sort of thing for it but it'll be great are there any 90s guys if i if i gave them like do you have a player from the danny knee teams that you know like really well or is that like before you're i mean i like i know all the names like mm -hmm. i you know but it's not it's not as connected to me as say you know, 2003 on is really when it's basically yeah. just like money for me. Like if you start giving, he's from Grand Island, I'm going to have Wes Wilkinson right away. If you're like, oh, he he broke the the basketball hoop during the game. It's Jason DeRusso. You know, yeah. like it, it's stuff like that. See, so. I, um, there's a. Have we discussed a, the fact that we did Corey Sims and his, uh, yeah. his son is a wide receiver recruit for Nebraska? In we the have. 2025 class. I can't remember. Yeah, we have. Um, we didn't get. I didn't get that one right either. Um, actually, I kind of did. We we worked to it after you said it was the shot against Kansas, which I'm sorry to bring up again. Um, I, I mentioned in a story a couple weeks back, Tom Wald, um, who uh, Tom was on the teams in the '90s, and they played a game against Michigan State. It's on YouTube. I always like reference it. Um, I was at it at the Devaney Center. Michigan State was like top 10, I think. Tom Wald gets fouled on a three with like two seconds, one second left. They're down three. So he has to go to the line and hit all these. And the gym is just like eerily quiet as he's taking each shot. Splash on all three of them to tie it. Then Strickland steals the ball on the inbounds and almost lays up a winner to win it in regulation. They won it overtime. But one of the more memorable Husker games. So I always will drop Tom Wald references and he gets a kick out of it. So... There you go. Tom Wald. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to, to get to Tom Wald. Part of it is that we're just like our heyday of, of getting into it is is far enough apart. There's no medium center. So but uh, that's what makes this game difficult. But we'll we'll continue trying. We'll continue podcasting. It's a home and away version for us when we play the uh, when we play the uh, the guess a random Husker Hooper. So we'll we'll see if Nebraska splits this week. Do you it think they will? 
I think they're going to win on Thursday. I don't know wow. why. I just think that they – I think they will. I think they keep this going. And then I think they lose to Illinois and Northwestern on the road. And we're back there with, uh, hey, like they kind of got to start doing something here thing. They, um, they do, but if they win Thursday, yeah, I, know. I can legitimately get myself into the thinking like, okay, if they actually did go 10 – let's say they went 10 and 10 and uh, we have that fun discussion – well, they have Michigan on the road in the last game of the year for a Michigan team that, by all accounts, looks like it's quit already. Maybe the maybe I I actually thought about that game the other day though. You would think that, and then I was like, "Well, what if that's like Jawan? That's the ultimate, like, just like like gut is punch. It, it's like Jawan's last game. You uh, know, it's obvious, and they're like, oh, we're they kind of suck it up for one day, and they shoot like sixty three percent from the field, sort of thing. I, I don't yeah. know. I'll tell you this." I don't think they can get into the tournament if they have to win a game in the Big Ten tournament because I don't believe in their ability to win in that tournament. I just don't. They they couldn't beat Minnesota last year in an absolute need-to-have-it situation, um, and they, they could not get it done. And they largely have not won a lot of games in that tournament except when you completely count them out, and then they've ripped off a couple wins in, in that scenario. But – it feels to me if they're going to make the NCAA tournament, they have to do it through the regular season. Like I just don't, I don't believe in their ability to be a bubble team that enhances their resume in the Big Ten tournament. I just don't, I don't see them being able to do it. I can't wait for that tournament this year. I wonder too if Nebraska will get a little more traffic up there, especially if they won a game because it's in Minneapolis. Yeah, and not that like you know it's been in chicago before and all that stuff but it, it just feels like people would be like i could get there like in a day you know you, you five might... and a half hours yeah easy drive yeah hang so a left in des moines i could see like if they won a game like people are like let's get in the car there you get a few of those you know like and and maybe there's a little commotion but yeah we, we'll get to that when we do all right let's uh let's close this thing out everyone check out brian's coverage of nebraska basketball at husker 247.com plenty of things Happening there, the Wisconsin game on Thursday, the Illinois game on Sunday. Another podcast for you next week.